Hiram Rhodes Ravels. Are you familiar with that name? Hiram Rhodes Ravels. So we're going to get into Hiram Rhodes Ravels on today's show. Uh, thank you for listening to the PBL Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. We are going to get right into it. There's something that has been irking me, and I want to talk about this. Over the last week or so, I have engaged and interacted with a lot of leftists online, and all I'm hearing, and it's funny that I'm hearing this now, is that the GOP is a party of racists, right? The GOP, you probably heard this if you're a uh, conservative, let's push that Republican moniker aside. If you're conservative and you vote for Republicans, you are voting for the party of racism, and it could not be farther from the truth. So let's talk about Hiram Rhodes Ravels. Now, Hiram Rhodes Ravels should be a household name. My bet is most people have not heard of Hiram Rhodes Ravels. And that's just a damn shame because Hiram Rhodes Ravels was the first black man that was a U.S. senator in the United States. Uh, he was placed, selected to be U.S. Senator in 1870 in the state of Mississippi. And Hiram Rhodes Ravels was a Republican. So why don't we know this? Why in, in his Black History Month do we not hear about Hiram Rhodes Ravels? And there are others, too. In fact, the first 23 blacks in the United States Congress uh, were all Republicans. Now, back in the 1800s, the, back, back when Hiram Rhodes Ravel was selected, yes, selected, not elected to be the United States Senator from the state of Mississippi, back then there wasn't a popular vote for the U.S. Senate. It was a selection process. So the legislators, the state legislators, selected Hiram Rhodes Ravels to fill a vacant seat in the United States Senate for the state of Mississippi. Well, he only served one year because that's all the seat. Uh, that was all that was remaining on the term. And from there, he went on to be a president of a college. But we don't hear about Hiram Rhodes Ravels. And there's a reason why we don't hear about Hiram Rhodes Ravels is because the Democrats don't want you to know about him. The Democrats don't want their base to know about him. The Democrats don't want their base to know that the first 23 blacks in the United States Congress were Republicans. Now, I want to get back to Hiram Rhodes Ravels. In 1870, the state Congress selected Ravels or men. Remember, it, it was a selection process then, not an election, to fill a vacant seat in the United States Senate. Debates surrounding his eligibility hinged on the 1857 Dred Scott decision, which precluded African-American citizenship. The decision was effectively reversed by the ratification of the 14th Amendment after the Civil War. Democrats argued that Ravels did not meet the nine-year citizenship requirement to hold congressional office, given his ineligibility for citizenship through the war years. Ultimately, Ravels and his Republican allies prevailed by citing Ravels' mixed-race background. The Ravels, the, and Ravels became the first African-American to serve in the United States Senate. His appointment was particularly symbolic in that the seat he occupied had previously belonged to Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. That's amazing history. That's American history. That's America. This is in 1870. We're in 2020, and we still got the Democrats telling us we're racist. When the Democrat Party is the party of slavery and the party of racism. And, and I get so much pushback on that, but it's absolutely true. In the election, 
I believe it was 1860, if I got that date wrong. I apologize for you historians, but in Abraham Lincoln's election to the presidency, if it was not for the fractured Democrat Party over slavery, we would not have Abraham Lincoln as our president. He wouldn't have won. What happened is you had a Northern Democrat Party and a Southern Democrat Party. And by the way, I talked about this on a previous podcast. Uh, uh, Northern Democrat Party, Southern Democrat Party, they were split and they ran uh, each ran an individual candidate for the presidency. Because of that fractured, Abraham Lincoln was able to win the election. And the Southern Democrat, they wanted slavery throughout the land, whereas the Northern Democrat, they kind of wanted light slavery, but they wanted slavery. It was all based on slavery. In fact, Abraham Lincoln was the first Republican president and the platform, the, the party was formed to abolish slavery. Throughout history, you can see documented proof that Republicans were fighting against slavery back in the 1800s and the Democrats were the ones that pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I just watched a documentary from Denise D'Souza, um, Hillary's America. It is on Amazon Prime if you have that. And it's a pretty good documentary. It leaves some of the history out of it, but it gives you a nice broad stroke of what was going on back then and how it was the Democrats that were the party of slavery. And now we fast forward now and most people have no idea who Hiram Rhodes Revels was or is. And that is a damn shame. I mean, it's an easy Google search. Everybody can get online and see this, but this man should be celebrated. You know, during his, this is from an article that's uh, biography.com uh, uh, on Hiram R. Revels, 1827 to 1901. Now, he was a preacher. He was, uh, he didn't really want to be in politics. A politics. Somebody asked him or convinced him to get into politics, and he did. So during his time in Washington, the press praise Ravel's for his well-crafted speeches and diplomatic approach to a tense congressional environment. His signature issue was civil rights, including the integration of schools and equal opportunities for black workers. Ravel's urged a moderate view on the restoration of Confederate citizenship, while the radical Republicans in Congress called for harsh punishments to be meted out to the Civil War rebels. So the man was a uniter, not a divider. Senator Revels took a milder view. He argued for the immediate restoration of citizenship to former Confederates, along with the secure enfranchisement, education, and employment eligibility of African Americans. This man should be celebrated, and yet most people have never heard of Hiram Rhodes Revels. This should be celebrated in our schools. In Black History Month, everyone should know this man's name. It should be a household name, and it is not. And why is it not? Because the modern Democrat Party, along with the uh, leftist media, they don't want you to know this. They don't want people to know it. They especially don't want young black children to know this. I mean, this this is in 1870. We were such a racist country, right? I mean, 1870. Now, check this out. He wasn't the only black congressman, if you will, or black person, black man in the United States Congress. Remember the two houses of Congress, right? The Senate and the House of Reps. Well, in the 41st Congress, 1869 to 1871, you had Hiram Rhodes or as the first black senator, but you had two House of Representatives. You had Jefferson Franklin Long out of Georgia, 
and Joseph Hain Rainey out of South Carolina. Why are these men's names not more prominent? I mean, the information's all right here. Maybe if we had a media that cared about this country, they would be reporting this, especially we have Black History Month. Why don't we hear that? And, and by the way, I don't care about this whole Black History Month, White History Month rhetoric that a lot of people do. Uh, you know what? I think we should have it. Uh, I, I think we should be talking about these men throughout the year. I think the Republicans need to do a better job at educating people and see this. Now, that's the 41st Congress, 1869 to 1871, three, three black males, two in the House of Representatives, one in the Senate. Now, the 42nd Congress, now we got five. Now we got two more House of Representatives. Actually, we got five, three more House of Representatives. We got five House of Representatives in the 42nd Congress of the United States from 1871 to 1873. Robert Carlos DeLarge, Robert Brown Elliott, Joseph Hayne Rainey, Benjamin Sterling Turner, and Hosea Thomas Walls. All Republicans. Three out of South Carolina, one out of Alabama, one out of Florida. And then in the 43rd Congress, now we've got seven. We got Richard. This is from 1873 to 1875. Richard Harvey Kane, Robert Brown Elliott, John Roy Lynch, Joseph Hayne Rainey, Alonzo Jacob Rezier, Rancier, if I said that right, uh, James Thomas Rapier, and Hosea Thomas Walls. That's in 1871-1873, 42nd Congress. Then, in the 45th Congress, we have Blanche Kelso Bruce was elected out of Mississippi as a Republican for the United States Senate. Yes, black man. And then we have seven other members in the House of Representatives in the 44th Congress, 1875-1877, that were black men. In the 45th Congress, starts to drop. We still have uh, Blanche Kessler as Republican Senator of Mississippi. And then we have three members of Congress, the House of Representatives, all three in South Carolina. And then in 1879-1881, the 46th Congress, we had Blanche Kessler Bruce, still a United States Senator. 47th, we had two black men. 48th Congress, two black men. 49th, two black men, all Republican. The 51st Congress, 1889-1891, three black males. And it goes on all the way up until the 74th Congress which was 1935 to 1937, up until 1935, every black male, and they were all males, that held a seat in Congress, whether U.S. representatives or Senate, were Republicans. And then in 1935, you have a switch. In 1935, it went Democrat, 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 Democrat. Those were all House of Representatives, by the way. The Democrats did not get a black person in Congress until 1993. That was Carol Mosley Braun. 1993. That's when the first black person who, who was a senator for the United States Congress. 19, it took the Democrats until 1993. And they've only had a handful since then. Uh, Kerry Mosley Braun was, I think, followed by Barack Obama. 
And Barack Obama was followed by, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on that guy. After him, um, I had it up here and I lost it. I'll, I'll find it and, and bring it back up. And then you got two sitting U.S. senators who are black right now, which is uh, Kamala Harris, who's now the vice presidential candidate for the Democratic Party, and Cory Booker. That's it. So the party, the progressive party, who is supposedly for the blacks, five senators. Now, the Republicans, back in the 1800s, did a lot better now. Now we got Tim Scott. So there's not enough. There's not enough. It's not enough. Don't get me wrong. It is not enough. But this does not paint a party that is racist. It just does not. Now, why was it 1935? Why did you see that shift? And that's where the shift went from blacks being a majority Republican to Democrat. And this was during the Depression, right outside of the Depression, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. It offered financial security and it offered financial stability to blacks. And that's when you saw the shift from blacks voting primarily Republican to now, as we see it, primarily Democrat. But is it changing? We're going to get into that a little bit. But why? Why did the why did the Republicans lose the black vote in the 1930s? Uh, it's the same reason that the Democrats could be losing the black vote now. And what do I mean by that? The, Demo the Republicans took the black vote for granted. Does that sound familiar? They took the black vote for granted. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt saw this and got the black vote to side with the Democrats because the Republicans, they pissed it away. There's no other way to, to really <clears throat> define it. Just as the Democrats take the black vote for granted now, in the early 1900s, the Republicans took the black vote for granted then. And it's a vicious cycle. I mean, if the Republicans had done a better job well, maybe we wouldn't be where we're at today. But the Democrats, you can't, just because they switched over the Democrats doesn't mean that the Democrats are not party of slavery. They are. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address Make sure that you vote and vote informed. Roland Burris was the senator that replaced Barack Obama. I want to make sure I get that out there. And he was Democrat Senate out of Illinois. So you've had three <clears throat> of the five black senators in the Democrat Party. Three were out of Illinois. Um, Cory Booker was New Jersey and Kamala Harris, obviously, out of California. So what happened? Why? 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 Why did all this happen? Well, 
the like I said, the Republicans took for granted the black vote and they started to shift away from the GOP in the 1930s. And there's a lot of a lot of stories of how this the the back office deals were happening, what FBR was doing to cultivate the black vote. And it worked. That's what politicians do. And then the black vote, uh, the, 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 sorry, not the black vote, but the Republicans did a lousy job of cultivating the black vote the decades that followed. I mean, they did nothing. They, I mean, I watched it growing up. I watched the Republicans basically were scared of anything to deal with uh, racial uh, animosity or anything that crosses the racial line. You know, Barry Goldwater, who was a staunch Republican, uh, ran his campaign for the presidency and, and against the civil rights movement, and that that hurt. There's just no denying it. But there is no no proof to the fact that the Republicans are the party of racism. I, I challenge anyone to tell me where that is. And you know, one of the persons that I was debating just the other day said, "Well, the KKK and the white supremacists or neo Nazis um, uh, support." The Republicans. Wait a minute. I've seen KKK support Hillary Clinton. I've seen the KKK support Democrats. The KKK was an arm of the Democrat Party. It was formed out of the Democrat Party to protect the Democrats to suppress blacks from voting. You know, I can go on and on through the 1960s how Jim Crow laws and how Democrats suppress black vote and how Democrats, George Wallace was a Democrat, Bull Connor was a Democrat, how all of them in the South, the Democrats South were the ones that were pushing back and fighting equality for blacks. And then you get people that say the big switch. Well, the party switched. What do you mean by that? Well, the party, this is what the left says. The left is wants you to believe that after the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the 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 parties switched. They went from Democrat to Dixiecrat to Republican. That's just not so. You had one prominent Democrat that did switch, Strom Thurmond. He went from Democrat to Dixiecrat to Republican. You have out of, and this is in Denise D'Souza's film as well, you had out of the 1,600 Democrats in the South, 1% switched to Republican. But an easier way to debunk this is ask anyone, anyone who tells you about the party switch, that it, you know, well, the party switched, ask them this one question. In what decade did the party switch? Don't ask them the year. Ask them, in what decade did the party switch? Most times they can't tell you. A lot of times they'll try to say that it was in the 1960s. Most times, what I find, they, they don't know. They just don't know. What they know is they're believed that the party switched, and they that's all they believe. They, they want you to just blindly follow it. So, But did it really happen? And the answer is no. The party did not switch. It is a myth. And here's how it's so easily disproved is look at the decade when the South, because we're talking specifically of the South, when the South switched to Republican. It was in the 90s. Up until the 1990s, the South were ran by Democrats. Okay, so if the party switched from the 1964 Civil Rights Act, why did it take several Democrats? Uh, decades. And then what about 
it wasn't just those people that were in power right at the signing of the 1964 Civil Rights Act all of a sudden switched. No, they didn't. In fact, it's not that those people stayed in their seats of power until the 90s and switched. No, no. Actually, there would be Democrats that were reelected over Democrats. They were reelected over Democrats. You had Democrats. It was Democrat up until the 1990s. Then you saw a switch in the South. Now, you know, you can argue all you want that, well, maybe they finally came to their senses. Well, who are they? I'm a prime example of this. I didn't move to the South until the 90s. So I didn't, I wasn't one of these Southern Democrats that switched to Republican. Didn't happen. There was no party switch. It's a myth. It did not happen. The Democrat Party stayed the same after the 1964 Civil Rights Act was signed, and that's when they enacted Jim Crow laws to suppress the black vote. And then you had, all of a sudden, Democrats were thinking, wait a minute, we need some votes. So they started cultivating the black vote. It's a myth. It's a myth, ladies and gentlemen. There was no switch. It just did not happen. But they'll tell you. In fact, they'll be so emphatic about telling you this. They'll say, well, I read it in the history books. What history books? I went to, I went to school in the United States. I don't remember reading about party switching. Now, I remember hearing about it. I know about it. But I don't, I mean, what history books do, do we have that it's factual data that the party switched in the 60s? It's not there. They, 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 it's a myth. It's a myth that they've been handed down from generation to generation, and it's absolute and utter BS. Didn't happen. So here's um, a recent article from PJ Media. This is uh, June 12, 2020, um, by uh, Vince Everett Ellison. Truth. Democrats feed racism to control our black community. For the past few months, we have witnessed the raw and unmasked Democrat Party live and in living live and in living color. There's constituents are rioting, looting, and murdering because they have finally realized that there are only three areas where the government is supremely prolific and highly efficient: theft, incarceration, and killing. I know this is hard. Outside this iron triangle, government fails horribly at education, protection, health care economic development, border security, drug enforcement, and infrastructure. Yet after months of economic collapse, pandemic hysteria, and racial anarchy, where 60 years of Democrat Party abuse of black America was revealed, black leadership still chooses the government as its vehicle to solve these indignities. Why? Because this is what the Democrats desire. Let me read one more paragraph here. Except for the brief time during Reconstruction, there has never been a time since its inception in 1800 that the Democrats have not had absolute control over most of the black population in America. They have used race in one way or another to maintain power ever since. So the Democrats, they realize that right now, at this point in time, they're in trouble. Because along comes Donald Trump, who's not like any other Republican out there. And he, his famous line is, what have you got to lose in voting for him when he's talking to the black community? I mean, what do they have to lose? Here's from also the article from the PJ Media piece. Uh, the proof of this charge is evidence in June 4th, 2020 Washington Post story in which a devastating critique highlights Democrats' party's dis dismal failure. 
In its fake effort to narrow the wealth gap between black and white Americans, Heather Long and Andrew Van Dorn write, in many ways, the gap between the finances of black and whites is still as wide as it was in 1968. The story illustrates the fact that 1968, the average black household had $6,674 in wealth compared to $70,786 for a white household. In 2016, the typical black household had $13,024 in wealth versus $149,703 for a white household. What do they have to use? The Democrat Party has failed the black community. They absolutely have failed the black community. And they have a long history of racism. They have a long history of bigotry. I mean, look at Joe Biden, who is the nominee for the Democrat Party for President of the United States. Remember what he said about Barack Obama? He's an articulate black man. He also said you can't go to 7-Eleven and not see an Indian person. I'm paraphrasing all these, right? But he also was, uh, this, this is from a piece, Kevin Jackson, called The Black Sphere. Now, this is obviously written from a black perspective. Listen to this paragraph, uh, talking about who Biden associates himself with through his career. He has lauded South Carolina Senator Strom Thurmond, who Biden called one of my closest friend, and Senator Jesse Helms of North Carolina, who Biden worked with on legislation to prevent court-ordered desegregation busing. He has also expressed admiration for Senators John Stennis, James O. Eastland, and Herman Talmadge. He has even praised George Wallace as Alabama governor and segregationist presidential candidate. So this is the Democrat nominee. Now, the one person, Stennis, that he was good friends with signed the Southern Manifesto and zealously supported racial segregation. He was among many of Biden's friends who fought Brown v. Board of Education. Further, he voted against the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and 1968, as well as the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Th these, these are who Joe Biden has held up as friends and has called one of my, called, like, Strom Thurmond, one of my closest friends. He even praised George Wallace. This is the Democrat nominee. This is the Democrat Party. They can't hide from this, and they shouldn't be able to hide from it. They shouldn't get away from hiding from this. The press should be calling them out. And then what about the Clintons? You know, there's that famous line, Bill Clinton's coffee remark about Obama. Do you remember that? You know, this is what Bill Clinton said. He's quoted as telling Senator Edward Kennedy this. He said a few years ago, this guy, meaning Obama, would be getting us coffee. Is that, is that what Democrats call the, par, the party that helps blacks? I mean, it's absolutely mind-boggling that people just don't see through this nonsense and they don't look past the rhetoric, but it's changing. It's changing. Right now, Trump, President Trump, there's one report, there, Rasmussen's did a, a poll where he's got 36% of the black vote. And there's a lot of questions about it. But here's from The Hill. And The Hill is not, not right-leaning, right? The Hill, 24% of registered black voters in August 22 to August 25th survey, which included the first two days of the convention, said they approve of the job Trump is doing as president, while 76% say they disapprove. If you recall... Trump got 8% of the black vote. 
if he gets 20% of the black vote, and I've been saying if he gets 15%, the Democrats are done. But, but if he gets 20%, if that 24% holds, the Democrats are done. And it goes to what Trump has been saying. What have you got to lose? So if you've got a Democrat friend, a leftist friend of yours, and they start with this, the Republicans are the party of racists, ask him who Hiram Rhodes Revels is. Ask them if they know who Hiram Rose Revels is. And then ask them, when did the party switch? Don't even give me a year. Give me a decade. I'll be surprised if any of them can tell you it's in the 90s. Now, the, the GOP, hey, they got their faults. Don't get me wrong. They should have never taken the black vote for granted in the early 1900s. We wouldn't be in this pickle. But they did. And here's where we are. Now you've got the Democrats taking the black vote for granted. Can it switch? Is this the year it switches? 24%. If Trump gets 24% of the black vote, he wins re-election. If 24% of the black vote goes to Republicans, it's down ballot. You'll still have Democrats, but it's a possibility they can win back Congress, the House of Representatives. So if that happens, it'll continue to happen. And if the economy soars after this whole scamdemic is over with, It'll continue to happen because people ultimately vote their pocketbook. And the Democrats will run out of change.